Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in beautiful Brandon, Florida, at Beit Tehillah Campus, in Studio A, with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom. Man, it is a great day to study the Torah. You know why? Because every day is a great day to study the Torah. Oh, yeah. Give us this day, <laughs> our, our daily, daily Torah. Bread. Amen. So we are going to jump right in. But before I do that, uh, I want to mention that you guys should send me some emails, ryan at topraise.net. Uh, you can call the office if you need anything, 813-654-2222. And uh, also make sure that you guys share the podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for coming. Uh, I'll tell you what. We do this podcast week in and week out for one main core reason, and that is, number one, to preach the gospel. And number two, to pull the veil away from the Torah. People have believed and bought the lie that the Torah, the teachings and instructions of a loving father, are somehow bondage. And you know what? Many children have thought that their father's rules were bondage, right? But they didn't realize all along that their father was trying to protect them, love them, and give them peace, provision, and protection. So we are studying this week the Torah portion, Chukat, which means ordinance of. It can be found in the book of Numbers, starting in chapter 19 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 22 in verse 1. And I'll tell you what, you know, I thought Korah was bad this week. Man, I think that we're headed down the road that takes the cake, you know? I mean, this this may be the—I don't want to say it's the lowest point, but uh, let's just say that when, when people are speaking about examples in the Torah, this week is, is the example of what not to do. Good stuff, Ryan. We're going to jump right in here, you know, uh, purifying an unclean person. We're going to jump into the subject matter of ashes of the red heifer right here in, in Numbers chapter 19. The references, verses 1 through 10, but we have the ashes of the red heifer. So what were the three requirements for the red heifer? All right, so the red heifer had to have no spot, no blemish, and never a yoke, had never had a yoke come upon it. Wow, that's I even awesome. heard, I think you said this last night, but I heard it from a, like a televangelist one time that they, the red heifer couldn't even have a single hair. that was a different color. No, it couldn't. It could not. All red. And so where was the red heifer slayed? Uh, the red heifer slayed outside the camp, outside the camp. Without the camp. Very, very good. So uh, uh, Numbers chapter 19, verse 4, uh, And Eliezer the priest shall take of her blood with his finger and sprinkle of her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. Now, this is, of course, Eliezer, who is the, uh, the son of Aaron. That's true. And of course, the uh, the son of Eliezer would be uh, Pincus, Phineas, mm. and that, he's he's famous in the Bible. He sure is. But uh, of course, uh, the number of times that this would be done, um, with his finger sprinkle the blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation, it was seven times. Now, seven means completion. Some examples of the number seven in the Bible: seven days in a week. 
seven branches on the menorah. Seven days for the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is very interesting because Passover is one day, but unleavened bread is seven. So it's like one day to celebrate being born again and, and the redemption, and now seven days to get the leaven out. Uh, and then, of course, we have the seven days for the Feast of Tabernacles, feasting and great joy and dancing and worship. Seven days for the Feast of Tabernacles. And don't forget, we have Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Just something to think about. I mean, just you just throw, throw that, in, that in there, you know, in case somebody's seven. not listening. Well, it's for the next generation. You oh, know, I'm, I'm kind of hip on some things. Yeah. Now, this is very interesting as well. This is something. Uh, what three things were added while the burning of the red heifer took place? So uh, they're making this little concoction, right? So it's cedar wood, hyssop, and scarlet. So cedar wood, hyssop, and scarlet. I want to share this with all of you. You know, uh, aromatherapy gets a bad rap, you know, like it's new age and everything. But let me remind all of you. That this is uh, actually, uh, you can find cedarwood and hyssop as a combination for aromatherapy as an oil and use it in a diffuser. It actually is a very, it's very calming and it, and it clears your mind uh, and it does work. You can actually put it on your hands and smell it. And, and you're saying, well, Pastor, why are you mentioning this? Because remember, there was a lot of smells coming from the tabernacle of Moses. Even the temple was built with cedar wood. So you would smell barbecue, you would smell cedar wood. So just think about it. just something to think about for, for those of you that are even interested in aromatherapy. You know, yeah, the New Agers have hijacked a lot of things, and there's crystals, and there's all these things Boy, going on. Boy, have they. But I will say this, though. You know, go back to the original meaning. Go back to the original thing. And I do believe the highest form of learning is smelling. I know. That sounds bizarre, doesn't it? Not seeing, not hearing, not touching. But smelling is the highest form of learning. Matter of fact, it's interesting that a lot of rabbis will bring fresh flowers in their office or on their desk every week. They'll put I, flowers. I like the smell of coffee. Coffee's good too, though, yeah, unless your uh, wife is pregnant. You ever, that could be a turnoff. You ever open? Don't make no coffee. Are you speaking from experience? Yeah, my wife. Is that why we make the coffee master. in here every morning? That's right. We're making coffee in here, Ryan. Yeah, we're not. He's got the French press and everything. I think in she's. Here. I think she's just starting to drink it again. So, so we. You know, you open up a fresh thing, a coffee, and then you can smell it, and it just, it has that, you know, fresh roasted coffee smell, you know, that smell, it just, it gives me energy. I don't even have to drink it, and I just get like a pop I know. of energy. I you mean, know? what is up with that? God it's created good coffee. He's like a good coffee. God. We like coffee, by the way, so if you were ever wondering, like, hey, what is Pastor Nick and Ryan like? Like, oh, I want to send them something. You can, 1705 Lithia Pinecrest Road, Brandon, Florida, 33511. How come we haven't gotten any coffee from the nations? Yeah, exactly. What, Do us a favor, Where's people. Germany? We took a lot of time to put this podcast Where's Jamaica? Together. Where's Ireland? Where, Where's Africa? Think, Where's, where? I don't think Norway has coffee beans. Send us some sardines. Uh, I like sardines. All right, Pastor Nick will eat the sardines. I'll drink the coffee. <laughs> so anyway, we got to move on here. Boy, that was a bunny trail. The priest who burnt the red heifer was considered to be unclean until the evening. And the priest who gathered the ashes of the red heifer was considered unclean until the evening. You know, I don't have my homash here with me. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. But there are some interesting uh, uh, tidbits in there, some interesting uh, points to be made. And, and, and the bottom line is that, the, 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 you know, the, the ashes of the red heifer, it, it is a mystery. Right. Uh, just because it's not totally revealed doesn't mean that it's not a truth. Well, a few tour uh, portions. It is a truth. A few tour portions ago, we were talking about um, 
the the difference between you know the the judgments and the statutes and judgments. That's right? right. The things that are you know laws about showing that you serve and you love God, and the things that are showing that you love and serve one another. That's right. And the ones about you serving and loving God usually don't make sense. I would say this one would be one of those examples right. where we do this. Why? Because God said so. And it's and it's protocol. You know, I, I you know the thing that I love about Judaism. The reason why I respect Judaism for what it is is that it just there's 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 a process there's a ceremony there's a there's a, it slows you down you know there's like these steps that you have to take right you know and and I know people are like ah, I'm not into that but I'm gonna tell you something man you know I was talking about last night we just go head first into life like into first base as fast as we can and God is trying to slow us down and, and, and I, I've been even thinking about this and uh a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists are even saying that you know every individual needs to take time to sit and reflect well, and, and reflect to, about your day, reflect about what's coming, and have a time of reflection. And the Jewish people are very um, conscientious, right? Like, when you watch things and they'll be like, yeah, before I went and I did this, I went and I did a mikvah. Well, I mean, have you ever thought about, hey, I need to go make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm you know, cleaned up, I've taken the time right. to reflect and clean myself. It's true. And, you know, before I go and do something. And, and you shouldn't be making decisions when you're sick or angry or tired. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll have to make a decision. You can tell them to wait or whatever. So, so we're going to move on here. So what was the purpose for the ashes of the red heifer? So what was the purpose so the, for these ashes? The ashes of the red heifer were used for the ritual purification of someone who would come in contact with a dead body. Wow. Now, now that's pretty important because a whole generation of people would die in the wilderness from the age of 20 and up. That's like what? That's a lot of people. That's a million people. Two million people? Yeah, at least. And, or 1.5 million people. And so here's what's interesting. Is this you brought up in the Chumash last night as well, is the paradox is that the priests that dealt with the, the, you know, the sacrifice and, and the ashes of the red heifer became unclean. They, yeah, they, they made the ashes, and then they had to, to, to get it outside the camp, and whoever's carrying the ashes. Right, so they became unclean. Yeah, they had to change their clothes and everything. Which is, but, but yet this is used to help make somebody clean. I know. You know, the bottom line is, Ryan, people, you know, some say, well, you know, I believe in God, but he's a holy God. Yeah, there might be a picture of Yeshua you, you here. You know, you couldn't take a ball of sin and throw it at him. He, he would never hit him. You couldn't even get nothing near him, you know? Think about it. He's that holy. I mean, it's just an interesting picture. You couldn't throw a ball of sin at him and hit no, him. No, no, you couldn't. You know, people do spitballs. and Deflected. Yeah, I'm just saying that that's hard to even fathom. I mean, no, that, of to, to, to wrap your arms around that, right. that God has no faults. He's perfect. I mean, that's incredible. So how long was a person unclean after they had touched a dead body? Seven days. Once again, seven means completion. And one of the examples I'd like to give in this situation uh, of seven days outside the camp or whatever, uh, or a, a state of being, is Miriam in Numbers 12, 15. And she you're... came against her, her, her younger brother Ooh, yeah. with Aaron. And so uh, she, was, she was, of course, uh, she was shamed. And she had to go outside the camp for seven days because she, you know, became a uh, leper, became a leper. Yeah. And Moses cried out for his big sister and she was healed. And, um, you know, well, intercession, the third day and the seventh day, they would have to do this red heifer ceremony where they would purify them with this water that was mingled with the, the ashes of the red heifer, the cedar wood, the hyssop and the scarlet. That's good. So it's like they made a concoction that they would keep this this ashes of those things. Mix it with water. Then they would mix it with water, but they kept this like almost like a bin, right? It's a ceremony. And they would wow. use that That's anytime someone needed purification. 
So they were prepared ahead of time. They'd have it on hand to use whenever that ceremony needed to happen. So what was the punishment for a person who touched a dead body and was not purified? Oh, they would be cut off from Israel. They shall be cut off from Israel in, in the Catholic term, excommunicated. Put outside the camp. Put outside the camp. Now, personal possessions had to be made clean if a dead body contaminated them. So, so you got to understand that. It's like cooties, you know. God is trying to state, um, you know, some principles here, you know, about clean versus unclean, uh, holy versus profane. And, uh, and it's interesting. So uh, let's look at Hebrews. Uh, Ryan, if you could read Hebrews 13, verses 11 through 13. Here's a question that's, that's meant for a discussion. What is the one lesson that we can learn from the ceremonial law in regards to the ashes of the red heifer? What is the one lesson that we can learn? Hebrews 13 is in the, uh, the New Testament? Yes, New Testament, Hebrews 13, verses 11 through 13. Hebrews, that's why I made the uh, coffee. The coffee, exactly right. So it says, For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Wow. So once again, Yeshua was sacrificed there on the Mount of Olives outside. And uh, matter of fact, that's where they uh, would have done the, the ashes for the red heifer in the, in the temple period. Right. He said on the Mount of Olives. So that is very interesting. So once again, uh, think about it. It's, it. Like I said, this red heifer, it actually represents scarlet sin. Right. So this process, this ceremony was to help the person uh, to become ceremonial clean. Right. You know? And Yeshua and, washes us with his blood and we become clean. Right. What can so wash away that's, my sin? That's a very important part. Uh, now we're going to get into Moses and Aaron sin. Uh, but before we do that, we have, of course, uh, this question here. Who died in the desert of Zin in the first month? Uh, this is going to be Miriam. It's, yes, it's the old, the oldest of the three, the firstborn. It says right here, uh, and then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh or Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Okay, uh, something to think about as we look. Um, she was the firstborn. But in Genesis chapter 23 and verse 1, Sarah dies at the age of 127. Once again, Sarah is the first matriarch. She was the only woman to die and give her age at death. Her age was giving at her death, 127. So once again, we have this purification process, Ryan, in this particular portion. Now we're getting into Miriam passes away and they bury her in the, in the desert of Zin. And now, what were the people lacking when they came against Moses and Aaron? Uh, water, which is a, kind of a big deal. As soon as Miriam dies, they are complaining, hey, where is the agua? Where is the H2O? We need water. You know, you can go a, a long time, you know, probably without eating. I'm not sure exactly. but Well, you and I probably you, could. You definitely uh, need water, um, more so than you need food. And even Yeshua, there's this prophecy, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So we have the ashes of the red heifer. Miriam dies. People complain. There's no water. And after Moses and Aaron heard the people's complaint, 
they went to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and they put a formal complaint into the complaint box against the people to God. <laughs> no, they didn't do that. It's these people you they gave me. They fell on their faces. Oh, there you go. They fell on their faces, and we would call that intercession. intercession. Yep. You know? Which they're better than I, I will tell you. I probably would have been complaining to God about the people. You know, and so, so we, we've got to make intercession. We've got to be interceding for our government. We've got to be interceding for our culture. Because right now, the Holy Spirit will guide each and every one of you listening to this podcast. Listen to me closely. You want to be at the right place at the right time. That's what you want. You don't want to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. You know, and I want to bring this point out real quick. They were interviewing people you know, that were going to these protests and everything. And, and a lot of them were just inquisitive. They said, well, a bunch of people are coming down here. I just wanted to check it out. Yeah, they're headed they to the They didn't even mystery. have a beef with the government yeah. or with the the justice well it's like people protesting in, in fishhawk which is just like a kind of a affluent neighborhood over here a bunch of the high school you know kids put together a protest and some of the adults got together with them you know all of them with a certain political persuasion which oh, I'll thanks leave for out. sharing that ron i didn't know that but what's interesting is like there have been zero incidents of police brutality in that area so it's like you know go to where that's happening and go protest oh you want to do, do it in say? the safety of your little neighborhood Let's stereotype everybody all the evangelists are bad i didn't say that no, I'm saying that this is what we do. Though. Right, right, right. There's, right. there's, there's good cops and there's bad cops. I mean, judicial system is a judicial system. Justice is justice, and I agree. There should always be justice. Amen. Uh, Yeshua believes in justice, you know, and uh, that's why you shouldn't wrong your neighbor. You shouldn't wrong people or defraud them, you know, or cause them to stumble. You know, biblically, we're all the race of Adam. We're that's all, true. We're, we're all, all Homo sapiens. That's right. And so this whole idea that there's different races and stuff is is just it's a construct that that culture and man has created, and it's a lie. And we should come against it honestly, because you know we're all brothers and sisters, and I think that ultimately we should see one another that way. And if we see something else and we're fighting to to do something else, then we need to look at the, the scriptures and let it get into us and look internally and, and deal with it. So we're going to get into a little crisis here. Now, Moses was told to speak to the rock in order to get water, but he smote the rock twice instead. So let, let's go right into these scriptures here in Can Numbers chapter 20, verse 8. You know, this is a sad Is there part. anybody listening to this part of the podcast and you're frustrated? <laughs> Maybe you're caught in traffic right now. Ooh. That's why traffic doesn't bother me, because I listen to podcasts. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get caught up on stuff. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I want to check out, uh, I want to play... Uh, you get the dramatized portion of the Bible. Oh, yeah. I want to I listen to Jeremiah 29, 30, and 31. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, here's what the Lord says unto Moses in Numbers chapter 20, verse 8. Here's the public reading of scriptures, folks. Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so shalt... So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. So Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. Oh, and Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Man, you know what I see? I see, I see some big words right here that, that really stick out to me when I read verse, um, the verse 8. 
It says here, uh, it give forth water. It says something here. So it says, speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And I think this is a big deal. Why is it that this is such a big deal to God? Because it was done in front of the whole congregation. And the whole congregation knew it was supposed to happen. And he said, do it before their eyes. And what did he do? He didn't do what God said. He wasn't obedient. Well, he actually attributed the water would come from him. Must we give you water? Oh, that too. So it's kind of like, don't forget. I always got a saying. I tell this to my children. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, buddy. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. I love these sayings. I'm getting older and they're really great. Now, (laughs) what was the punishment for Moses and Aaron? Because Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to it. Well, it says that he's not going to go into the land of Israel. Him nor Aaron. This is what he says uh, in verse 12 of Numbers 20. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. Wow. That means... uh, it's strife. This is the water of Meribah, or strife. So Moses and Aaron are not going to go into the promised land. Here's a, a question for discussion to you, Ryan. Moses and Aaron did not sanctify the Lord in front of the children of Israel. Why is it so important for leadership to model good behavior and be a good example before the people? Well, if we take the example of Scripture... Um, you know, just like the 10 spies were able to sway all those people, all of those people were punished. That whole generation had to die because of their their poor leadership. Um, and so if we take that as an example, that we hold not just the responsibility of the consequences that happen to ourselves, but we hold the responsibility of what happens to those that follow us. And if if we can't set a good example, God will find somebody else. You know, the standard is always higher for those in leadership. Amen. Because they lead the way and set the example. Uh, a thought just came to my mind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, a gentleman that uh, was sharing with me, uh, Paul Pickering was sharing with me, uh, with All Pro Pastors Ministry. He was sharing with me that there was this pastor that got up on the stage, and he just got angry with the congregation. He just blasted them. I mean, he was, like, angry. And he storms off the stage. So they have this meeting with the elders and everything. So the following week, he gets up there and he starts to apologize. He starts to apologize, Ryan. This is a true story. And then he just says, he put in butt, and then he went right back like he was the first time, and he got angry again and left the ministry. (laughs) Oh, yay. And realized as he was up there, I'm not apologizing for nothing. Yeah. So he was angry, and so... I don't know what he's doing today, but, but what I'm saying, Ryan, is not that, that that's church. not the way I want to go. You know, I put too much effort into it. Yeah. So the children of Israel did not go through the land of Edom because they refused them passage through their border. So once again, they're coming up from the east, they're traveling up, and we have the, of course, we have Edom and Moab, which is, of course, related to Israel, Edom because of Esau, and the Moabites because of the nephew of Abraham, Lot, and right. his daughters. And even today, the modern-day country of Journey or, or Jordan, we have uh, what uh, the city of Ammon, the Ammonites. Uh, and so, once again, uh, they had to go around because they were related. You know, it's so funny. Like sometimes 
we want the church to help or these organizations to help us or maybe something's happening. And the Lord's like, you just need to kind of go around them. Yes, yeah, just don't not their cause time. any trouble. It's not their time yet. Just, just go around them, you know. And so once again, we're having these incredible things happen. So let's lay this out again, the outline. We've got the ashes of the red heifer, right? And then we have, of course, um, the passing of Miriam. We have the passing of Miriam. And then, of course, we have uh, um, uh, Moses and, and, and Aaron are not going to go into the promise then because Moses struck the rock. And by the way, that's actually even a picture uh, of Yeshua, that he's the rock and he was struck, uh, which is interesting. Uh, of course, Moses and Aaron did some intercession. You know, they, they were interceding when they were complaining about the water. And then they just lost it for that one moment. You know, let's play back that video. Remember that? Oh, I don't want to play that back. Instant replay. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. No, thanks. So now all of a sudden, they're, so they're traveling. They're going. See, all this is happening. And of course, they, they could not go through the land of Edom because they refused them passage through their border. Couldn't have a family squabble. Uh, there would be no family reunion at this time. Go around them. Uh, and of course, we have the, uh, the famous um, death of Aaron. Oh, yeah. On Mount Hor. And they mourn for him for 30 days. They do, and they do a whole ceremony where they take the priestly garments off of Aaron. They put them on Eliezer before Aaron dies in a ceremony where he bestows the priesthood onto Eliezer. Onto Eliezer, yeah. the son of Aaron. That's good. So he's the successor right. to Aaron as the high priest. You know, if you go back and look at the ashes of the red heifer, Ryan, you know, the, the blood from that uh, particular heifer was, was sprinkled by Eliezer himself. Well, it's interesting that, that it's almost a precursor in the beginning of this portion showing yeah. that Eliezer does it. He's the successor. Yeah. So, you know, when someone leaves the table, Ryan, I've learned in management or even ministry, if you've got a ministry team or you have people in your ministry, when they leave the table or they leave the church or, or, they, or they go to do something else or something else happens, when somebody leaves the table, it allows somebody else to come in. Mm. You know, a lot of times, and I've learned this uh, through, through leadership uh, courses as well. And, and it's a principle that I never really thought about, but this guy was teaching about leadership principles and pretty much everybody's born a leader. Everybody can lead. There's a, there's a, there's a, you know, they talk about your, uh, your IQ, but we all have an IQ to be leaders. If we, if we develop it and work at it, uh, we can all be leaders, but yeah, but he was saying that when somebody leaves the table, somebody's coming. So you're wondering how come I don't have this person or this person? Well, because you have to wait for someone to leave the table. That's a good word. Yeah. Um, they, they mourn for him for 30 days. And of course, Eliezer is the successor. And once again, we continue on. Let's go ahead and read Numbers since we're, we're ahead of schedule here. Ryan, why don't you go ahead and read Numbers chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. Boy, this is going to be an action flick. Oh, yeah. So here it says, uh, And when King Arid, the Canaanite, uh, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called the name of the place Hormash. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses, Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord 
that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And verse 9. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. You know, so I want to throw this out to everyone. Ryan and I were talking about this. I don't know if I even mentioned on the podcast yet, but it's, it's a three-front war. You know, as you see these stories develop, you know, people murmuring and complaining, that's yourself. Yeah. That's not an outside force. That's not a third party. That's you. So we have to learn to crucify our flesh and the 17 works of the flesh. We have to learn to, to, to manage that, to really keep, keep a hold on that. Your thoughts, your words, your deeds, your actions, because you can't be blaming the devil because you didn't crucify your flesh. And then, of course, we have Satan and his demonic host and his craftiness and his subtlety trying to trip us up and do things to us. And, and of course, it says what? Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Yeah. And then last but not least, thirdly, we have the, the culture, our surroundings, our environment. Something can come out of nowhere that's not yourself, not the devil, but you have to handle it. Yeah. So think about that, everyone, as we develop the story, because now all of a sudden we have this Canaanite king, and this is what he did to Israel. He, he fought Israel and took some of them prisoners, King Arid. You know, Arid means dry. The connotation, you know, he, he was very dry. Huh. Arid, extra dry. Have you heard of this guy? I mean, I've heard of arid he in English. The, uh, is arad the, uh, in Hebrew mean dry? Did he develop the... Uh, the deodorant? The deodorant? Arid? Arid. Extra dry. <laughs> you like that? See, the tour portions are fun, everyone. Now, why do I bring this up? Because he went after Israel. They oh, came he sure by. He, he took some prisoners. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were, you know, Israel didn't provoke them. Sure. So King Arid, who fought Israel, took some of them prisoners and, uh, and, of course, they made a vow. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy them. You should be sharing this story. What do you mean? You should be sharing this. I mean... Where's, where's, where's Conan? Duh! <laughs> what, can Conan read a, a verse? The, and the people spake against God and against Moses, wherefore he have brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. For there is no bread, neither is there any vada. And our soul loatheth this light bread. I don't want Conan going with the murmurs and complainers. I want you to read verse 3 of 21. I will cast judgment. <laughs> no, verse 3, 21, 3, Conan. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered them up in the Canaanites. And they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called the name of the place Homa. So what is the famous saying of Conan? Uh, what is the famous saying of Conan? You know. Uh, uh, what, what's a victory? Uh, what's, ooh, what are the best the, things in life, right? Yeah, what are the three best uh, things in life? To Come on, Conan, help me out here. To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentation of their women. Thank you, Conan. <laughs> For those that are listening, we're not right. But it's okay, you know? So, so I mean, you know, you think about this Torah portion... Kukat, there's so many things happening now. Yeah. And then once again, what happens? They start murmuring, right? And uh, and complaining, you know. I don't know if you want... Do you want to share about 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 11? When do you want to share about that? I mean, I don't know about 1 through 11, but I want to go through 1 Corinthians 10, and I'm going to shorten it up for everybody. Because, I mean, the, the, there's five tests, and I was just thinking that fifth one was murmuring. It is. Right, 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 right. So it does. It goes through 1 through 10. We can do that. So here we go. Moreover, brethren, I would... This is 
chapter 10, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. All right. So since, more... Conan, since Conan joined the murmurers and complainers, <laughs> he's going to have to... Paul, you got to speak to Conan. All right. Here we Remember, go. Remember, even he think. Paul thanks the barbarians. He does. He does. Nah, That's right. Thank you, barbarians. Oh my God. You're welcome, Paul. This is unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Chapter 10, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. There you go. Don't strike the rock. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were ex our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. That's a reference to uh, the golden calf. And then verse 8, neither, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and, 30, or three and 20,000. Neither let us uh, tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, all these things happened unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. He's telling the Corinthian church that. And notice at the very beginning, he says, Our fathers... Right. He doesn't say my father. Right. And he also tells them that he's talking about the people in Numbers saying they tempted Christ. Well, how did the people in Numbers tempt Christ if Christ wasn't Yahweh? Oh, yeah. He was the first rolling stone. There's, an, there's another one for all of those that are, are arguing against the deity of Yeshua. It's incredible. Let's stick that one So in. God sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And many of them died. Man, I hate snakes. Uh, the people repented to Moses in this. Numbers 21.7. You want to read that? Numbers After they got bit. 21, Numbers 21.7. Uh, yeah, here it is. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, and we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Once again, intercession, everybody. That's what we need to be praying for. We need to be praying for all these people that are looting and vandalism and tearing down statues. It's crazy. So uh, the Lord told Moses to make a serpent of brass and put it on a pole. Those that looked upon it and were bitten would live. Boy, there's so much in this, Ryan. You know, this is uh, actually a symbol for medicine. You know, if you, if you look today, uh, it also goes back to a symbol uh, in, in Greek uh, culture. But uh, it's a symbol for medicine. And, uh, and so whoever looked upon it and were bitten would live. Um, in, in John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, this is what it says. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. How has looking up and seeing Yeshua on the cross changed your life? Check, check this out. 
the first messianic prophecy is Genesis 3.15, you know? Mm, right. You want to go ahead and read that, Ryan? Yeah, it's the, Why? Because it's the first time that, you know, you see, we see the messianic prophecy in Genesis 3.15. This might be a good one for Conan. It says, and if I put, and, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. All right, now, now the first time the word serpent is used in Genesis 3.1. So look at this little, see the serpent is always causing trouble. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Serpent's nothing but trouble Boy, is for he... us, you know. Check out John 10.10. 10. Because we're going to be 10, leading 10. up to something here really good. We're going to lead up to something here because Yeshua... Was was put upon a, a tree, a stake. You got me doing rod. sword drills. It says here, John ten ten. The thief cometh not, cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. So, so how much more do we put into Yeshua, a person? And last but not least, First John three eight. Let's just close it out with that because Yeshua gets all the glory. Yep. Thank you, Yeshua. For defeating our enemy. First John. So why did Yeshua come? Check this out. This is very, very important. You need to acknowledge this. Write this down. Not while you're driving, if you're in your car. First John 3, 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So I want you to get this picture. The devil doesn't want you to worship him. Mm. He wants to take you away from God. Right. He wants to steal from God his own children. You know, and that's the thing you have to realize. Are you a son and daughter of God? Yes, you are. And so the enemy's trying to come into your life. And, and matter of fact, he doesn't care if you believe in him or not. But if you don't draw to God, what does it say? Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. That's right. And I'm bringing this up because this is so important. I want to read this note here in my keyword study Bible. In Genesis, or no, it's, uh, I'm sorry, Numbers Chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. This is the commentary. Since it appears that the people were plagued by serpents for some time, the Lord did not take away the serpents as they had requested. It is likely that they carried the brazen serpent with them, setting it up wherever they camped, and that it was fixed in a permanent location once they were in the land. It was later destroyed by King Hezekiah because the people had begun to worship it. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. The brazen serpent is a type of Christ. Once again, John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And since a crossbeam was likely needed to support the snake, the pole is considered by some to be a symbol of the cross. The Jews themselves claim that faith in God, not the mere sight of the brazen serpent, was what healed. Both testaments affirm that such faith in the Lord Jesus is the way of salvation. References Isaiah 45, 22, Hebrews 12, 2. Why don't you read that, Ryan? Isaiah 45, 22. Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. Wow, that's awesome. So now we're going to switch gears here after these serpents. When King Sion of the Amorites would not let the children of Israel pass through peacefully, he waged a war against them and was utterly defeated. Sure now it's King Sion 
Of course, we had King Arid, right? Yep. Uh, so Israel possessed his land from Arnon unto Jebek, even unto the children of Ammon. So now they're on the east side of the promised land, and they're taking land. They're, they're, they're coming against their enemies, and things are happening, right? King Arid, King Sion. Now look, uh, the King Og of Bashan was the next king that Israel defeated in battle. You know, it's interesting because it's almost like the lion and the bear and then the giant because King Og of Bashan was a giant. We, you know, that's interesting because I'll tell you why. Here, here's a quote, everybody. We have to learn how to fight outside the promised land. Just mm. like David said, hey, listen, I killed the lion and the bear. I will kill this uncircumcised giant. Yeah. First Samuel 17 verses 34 through 37. So listen up, everybody. Pick your battles, but fight them. We have to learn how to fight outside the promised land. So where did Israel camp after defeating the king of Bashan? The plains of Moab on this side, Jordan, by Jericho. So we're wow. almost there, baby. We're at the gate you of know, the land. I, I want to share this with you because the book of Numbers is broken up into three parts. And the third part is Numbers chapter 22 and verse 2 all the way through uh, chapter 36. Now, let's look at this uh, particular reference here. They are at Moab at the gate to the land. That's right. New problems, final preparations, concluding tasks. The time period, a few months, Ryan. They're in the plains of Moab on this side, Jordan by Jericho. And we know in the future, guess what's coming? The occult and sexual immorality is Ugh. coming to a camp near you. Yeah, we get Balak next week. So we're going to finish up here. You know, uh, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Kukok, ordinance of uh, Numbers chapter 19 and verse 1 all the way through chapter 22 and verse 1 from a consensus of the group, Ryan you, and Nick. You know, I don't even know where to start because there is so much in this tour portion. But um, I would say that, um, you know, the saving grace of God is through the Lord Yeshua. The person. The person, exactly right. And so you see a picture of him all throughout this. You see him in the serpent on the pole. You see him in the red heifer. And the thing that I get out of this is that uh, we we have to stick with our first love. There's so many people out there that are struggling with the person of of Yeshua. And and listen, you just you got to understand, you cannot leave your first love. He is coming as a king. He is coming, and he is going to be preclude. Pre, uh, his the prelude will be the casting of the bowl right at the earth. The 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 the, the judgment of the earth. And when he comes and the resurrection happens and there's judgment and he's ruling and reigning, there's going to be those that are, are outside the gates and there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth and there's going to be those that are inside the gates. Those that are inside the gates serve the king. Yeshua is important. That's awesome, Ryan. You know, I, I've got my first thing is sin uh, is disobedience Oof. to God's instructions or his voice. Don't strike the rock. Uh, and of course, uh, disobedience is sin. Uh, once again, we can give many examples of this, but we're not really uh, equipped with that much time. But once again, that's something I've learned. Uh, also, I would like to say um, that the ceremonial part of the law, uh, look for the, look for this to, to be applicable today. You know, uh, when you think about the ceremonial part of the law, God is trying to get people to reflect and slow down and take the right steps to make things right. And it also would be actually a time of reflection as well. Amen. Amen. Wow. What a tour portion. Chukat. Um, thank you guys for listening as always. Um, you know, if you guys, uh, would please, you know, send us an email, let us know who you are. Let us pray for you. 
Um, we want to hear from you. Also, uh, you know, rate us on iTunes, rate us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Share the podcast on social media so that you can help us get the word out. Don't forget, uh, we do have a donate button on the website at topraise.net. Um, and we do appreciate all of you that give towards um, this ministry and towards the podcast. Um, you know, we're just so grateful for those of you that support us. So thank you very much for that. And uh, also, uh, don't forget to live stream our service this Shabbat, Saturday, uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we Time. are officially in the season of summer as of this last Shabbat. That's true. Yep. That's true. June 20th started, uh, started the, the season, season of, summer. of summer. Get ready, everybody. This is the best time to put up your spiritual antennas. That's and right. get a word from the Lord. Do spiritual exercises, right? You know, pray, read your Bible, worship. Um, all right, guys. Love you so much. Um, my email address is ryan at twopraise.net. If you need something, you can call the office, 813-654-2222. God bless you. Have a great week.